0: I hope your next week is a really good, easy week for you. But what if it isn't? Uh, how will you respond? How will you respond if you go to work tomorrow and find out that for several weeks now, one of your coworkers has been spreading negative gossip about you and how you're a cheater or a liar or something like that? What will you do if on uh, Tuesday uh, your first grade daughter comes home in tears from her uh, camp because all the parents, uh, uh, the parents of one of her classmates, uh, has invited all the other students to a birthday party except for your daughter? And this intentional exclusion is because of a conflict that the parents have with you. What will you do on Wednesday? If uh, you have a conversation with your, uh, your brother-in-law who has kind of a selective memory uh, and you talk about the $10,000 loan that you gave him on a handshake, uh, except now he remembers it as a gift. How will you respond if on Thursday you find out that your ex-spouse is telling lies about you in order to poison your relationship with your kids? What will you do on Friday if you're verbally attacked or cheated or who knows what? I mean, you've experienced this stuff, right? Maybe not all in one week, but uh, you know what it's like to be unfairly attacked or insulted or hurt or victimized by someone's lies or greed or anger or hatred, right? If you haven't experienced this, well, then you're very unusual and very likely... This next week, it's your turn uh, to experience what the Bible simply calls evil. When you become the victim of some evil, there are two ways to respond. The natural way and God's way. If you respond to an evil attack in the natural way, you will be overcome by that evil. But if you respond to evil God's way, you can be an overcomer. You will experience this negative stuff. The only question is whether you will be overcome by evil or you overcome it. So let's learn uh, God's keys to being an overcomer. Would you please turn your Bible to Romans chapter 12. Beginning at verse 17. So we're going to the very end of uh, Paul's uh, discussion in Romans chapter 12, where God gives us three keys to overcoming evil. See if you can identify uh, these three keys, uh, starting at Romans 12, verse 17, where the Apostle Paul writes, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary... If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Be careful not to repay evil for evil. That's the first line, the opening words of verse 17, and states the problem. The problem is that if I'm not careful... Evil will suck me in and overcome me by getting me to participate in it. If someone does something to hurt me and I hurt them back, it means that I have been overcome by evil. Because the only thing necessary to drag me over to evil's side is for me to participate in evil by repaying evil with more evil. You're saying, I don't want to be overcome by evil. So how can I defeat evil when it comes against me? Well, God answers that question by giving us the three keys to overcoming evil. And the first key is embedded in verse 18. God's first key to overcoming evil is resolve conflict. Uh, Verse 18, if it is uh, possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As we've already mentioned, uh, the Bible uses this one word evil to refer to any wrongful thing that comes against you. Everything from an attack with a sharp knife to an attack with sharp words. And verse 18 says that it doesn't matter what the level of attack is. You should do everything possible to resolve the conflict. Whether I become aware of the uh, conflict uh, in the in the front end of the conflict or in the back end as a follower of jesus it is my responsibility under god to make the first move to resolve the conflict why is this important it's important because when i neglect to resolve the conflict in my relationships evil wins and you may be saying Nice, but what happens when I try to resolve and the other person refuses to reconcile with me? Hang on, hang on. Uh, This uh, case is covered later in uh, the keys that we're uh, studying today. But before you just skate over this first key, God would say, come on, be honest. Have you really done everything possible to resolve the interpersonal conflicts in your life? In my experience, probably 90% of the interpersonal conflict I experience is resolvable. My problem is that I don't want to expend the energy, the emotional and spiritual energy to make peace. Resolving conflict can be messy and I don't want to bother with it. I'd rather just ignore it. But Jesus commands me. To be a peacemaker. It is so important to God that I do everything possible to resolve conflict that He puts the act of peacemaking as even a higher priority than worship. Uh, In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus says, If you are offering your gift of worship at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your worship gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. You hear that? Jesus actually puts peacemaking as a higher priority than worship. Why? Because Jesus knows that if I am not careful to resolve conflict, I will be overcome by evil. Jesus puts peacemaking at a higher priority than worship because God has made me so that I can't experience God's peace in my life on a vertical plane if I have interpersonal conflict festering on a horizontal plane. Jesus makes this connection in his famous prayer uh, where he prays, Father, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And if you know that prayer, you know what Jesus says to his followers right after that prayer. He turns to his followers and he says, If you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness. That's what peacemaking is all about. And there is nothing holy about short-circuiting the forgiveness process. Here's what I mean. What I mean is that uh, there are Christ followers who think that they are being holy by ignoring the conflict in their life. Whenever these people get hurt or offended or insulted, they clam up and say, I guess the Christian thing to do is just turn the other cheek. And in the name of turning the other cheek, they bury their feelings of hurt and resentment. But these believers are missing Jesus' point. Jesus' teaching about turning the other cheek is a command against retaliation, not an excuse for avoiding conflict. If you are hurt or offended, it is not a holy thing to bury your feelings in the name of turning the other cheek. In fact, you will be overcome by evil. The Apostle Paul's message here in verse 18 is that when I refuse to resolve conflict, I am in effect participating in evil. If someone hurts me with an unkind word, when I ignore the conflict, I am not overcoming evil. I am participating in evil by perpetuating it. When I choose to bury my feelings, I perpetuate evil because that buried hurt does not just go away. It often festers and grows with anger and hostility. But also, evil is perpetuated in another way in the other person. Very often, the unkind word against me is because of a misunderstanding in our relationship. And when I choose to ignore the conflict, I perpetuate evil by allowing this misunderstanding to fester and the anger to grow when just some resolution could clear up the misunderstanding and lead to a forgiving process. When someone hurts me, And I move toward that person to resolve the conflict. Not only do I not participate in evil, I'm actually defeating evil by overcoming evil with good. After the Civil War, uh, politicians and advisors urged President Abraham Lincoln to punish the Confederate states severely for all the bloodshed they had caused. But against this advice, uh, Lincoln set forth the generous plan of reconstruction. And he was fond of saying this. Do I not destroy my enemies by making them my friends? Apparently, Lincoln understood God's first key to overcoming evil. Resolve conflict. If you're his follower... Jesus commands you to expend the emotional and spiritual energy to make peace. And for those who follow this command to resolve conflict, Jesus also promises reward. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And then in James chapter 3, God gives this promise. Peacemakers who sow in peace. Reap a harvest of righteousness. All right, with the words, of the, the rewards of peacemaking in mind, let me just remind you of four practical steps for resolving conflict. Step number one is arrange for dialogue. Uh, conflict resolution usually begins with you saying to someone, "Hey, could we sit down and uh, just uh, talk for a few minutes?" You know, if a conflict had a quick and easy solution, it would be solved already. Uh, So making peace takes a little time. And so the first step is to arrange for some time to talk. Step number two, share your feelings without accusation. Assuming you are the one who feels attacked, the first thing you need to do is share your feelings in a way that is not accusatory. You don't want to say, you slandered me, you lied about me, you gossiped about me. No, what you want to say is, uh, you know, I I felt attacked when this happened, or I'm confused by what you said. Uh, The idea is to make I statements ...about your hurt feelings, which are the facts that you know for sure about, uh, rather than making accusatory statements uh, when you don't necessarily have all the facts. It's right here in the honest sharing of your feelings that most conflicts are overcome. But not all conflicts can be resolved this easily, so very often we need to go to the third step. The third step is to raise the level of understanding... At the root of most conflict is not hate, it's anger, Uh, anger over a misunderstanding. And so as the peacemaker, it's my job to raise the level of understanding by asking good questions, by listening and then repeating what I hear to make sure that I hear it well, by accepting responsibility and actually seeking forgiveness for the things that I did wrong in the situation and my part of the conflict. And by emphasizing places of agreement that we can build common ground on. Step number four is don't give up too easily. Don't be disappointed if a conflict cannot be resolved in one meeting. If you can't make peace in the first meeting, sometimes the right thing to do is to meet again. Uh, Sometimes the right thing to do is to bring in a neutral third party to uh, arbitrate. In uh, In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, if you have a conflict with someone, first you must go to that person directly. Don't go to someone else and blab about how so-and-so has hurt you and how bad that person is. No, go directly to the person, uh, him or herself, and if a solo meeting uh, with the other person does not work, get a third party involved. Anyway, what Jesus' point is, don't give up too easily. Don't ignore conflict. Because when you do, you end up repaying evil with evil. Instead, follow God's first key to overcoming evil. Resolve conflict. God's second key to overcoming evil is to refuse revenge. Uh, This appears in verse 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So verse 18 says, if at all possible, make peace with the people in your life. Verse 19 answers the follow up question. Yeah, but what happens when I do everything possible to resolve the conflict and the other person won't reconcile with me and continues maybe even to attack me? God's answer is to make sure that you refuse revenge, where revenge is retaliating against evil with more evil. This is where the words of uh, Matthew chapter 5 come in, where Jesus says, If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek also. Jesus' point is that when you're attacked or hurt, you must be careful to avoid revenge. You must refuse to retaliate with more hurt. Because when you repay evil with evil, evil wins. This is counterintuitive. Uh, We tend to think that we've got to fight fire with fire. uh, Match insult with insult. Return injury with injury. Do me wrong and I'll find a way to uh, wrong you. Maybe it's just with a scornful look or maybe it's giving you the silent treatment. Maybe I'll harbor inner hostility against you. Revenge comes in a lot of different forms and it comes naturally to us all. The 20th century Soviet Russian leader, Nikita Khrushchev, Uh, used to say with pride, the difference between me and Jesus Christ is that if someone strikes me on the right cheek, I hit him so hard that his head falls off. And obviously Khrushchev was saying that he's strong, whereas Jesus and his refusal to, uh, to retaliate made Jesus weak. But Khrushchev didn't understand Jesus. Khrushchev thought Jesus was weak, but Jesus' approach is actually the strongest approach. It overcomes evil. Khrushchev thought that Jesus was anti-retaliation, but no. uh, Jesus did retaliate against evil, and Jesus commands me to retaliate against evil. When Jesus teaches to turn the other cheek, he is teaching me how to retaliate against evil. When Jesus said, turn the other cheek, he's saying, I cannot defeat evil with more evil. If someone punches me in the face and I respond by punching them in the face, I've just joined forces with evil and evil wins. If someone gossips against me and I start gossiping about my gossiper, then I lose and evil wins. But there is a way to be an overcomer. Jesus teaches that the only way to defeat evil is to refuse revenge. Being an overcomer begins with refusing revenge by returning hurt with more hurt and insult with more insult. So God's second key to overcoming evil is refusing revenge. And that leads to the third key, which is retaliate with kindness. This third key is found in verse 20. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And here, God teaches me that if I want to overcome evil, it is not enough to just refuse revenge. If someone hurts me, in order to be an overcomer, I must go beyond refusing to hurt that person in return. If I want to overcome evil, I must actually show kindness to that person instead. The way to overcome evil is to retaliate with kindness. Or in the words of verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is what Jesus has in mind when he says in Matthew chapter 5, if a Roman soldier uh, forces you to carry his armor for one mile, here's how you retaliate. Go offer. Offer to go two miles. If someone takes your shirt, here's how you retaliate. Offer him your coat as well. Love your enemies, Jesus said, and pray for those who hurt you. What would happen if you followed this teaching and you focused on the person who hurts you and you thought of ways to show kindness to that person? What would happen if you showed kindness to that person uh, and and by saying something nice to that person or something nice about that person in another conversation? What would happen if you wrote an encouraging word, a note uh, to that person and found ways to show interest in their life and encourage them? Well, what do you think would happen? Uh, Paul suggests one possible outcome by quoting the Old Testament book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 25, where it says, and it's quoted by Paul in its entirety, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Well, what does that mean, Uh, heap burning coals on his head? Well, it turns out that this little phrase is an ancient Hebrew idiom. Uh, an idiom is a phrase that is not meant to be uh, taken literally, but figuratively. Uh, we use idioms all the time in our conversations. If I say, uh, after a week, I say, uh, after a week, of phone tag, I finally pinned you down. Uh, I don't literally mean that I played tag with a, a phone. I don't mean I did something with pins. Uh, it's just a figurative idiom. In the ancient world, people would symbolize repentance by carrying around a bowl of burning coals on their head. And so, in ancient idiom, if you heap burning coals on someone else's head, uh, you are doing something that will potentially lead that person to uh, an act or a, an attitude of humble repentance. And so, in chapter 12, Romans, uh, God is saying that if I repay my enemy with Kindness Instead of evil, my good deeds uh, might just be the thing that leads to uh, the ultimate uh, of overcoming evil with good. Uh, The person actually coming to the place where they repent and and want to make peace and actually change in the process. Uh, During the uh, Korean War, a uh, South Korean Christian was arrested by the communists and prepared for execution. The communist leader uh, who was assigned to execute this Christian was just a teenager. And when his, uh, this communist teenager learned that this Christian man uh, ran an orphanage, uh, this teenager decided to let this Christian man live to run the orphanage and that it would be better uh, as punishment to kill the Christian's son instead. And so this teenage communist shot the Christian's 18-year-old son right before his eyes. Several months later, the young teen communist was himself captured and was in the process of being uh, convicted for execution. But this Christian man who ran the orphanage came to plead for his life and offered to take him in to his orphanage. And when this man's request was granted, he then proceeded to adopt this teenager who had murdered his son and that Christian man raised him as his own son. And that teen communist grew up under the loving care of the man whose son he had shot. And today, he is no longer a teenager and he's no longer a communist. He is serving Christ as the pastor of that large church in South Korea. You overcome evil by retaliating with kindness. Now, could you lovingly raise your child's murderer? Maybe not. But you can think of a person who has hurt you or is hurting you, and you can do something to retaliate with kindness. For instance, Jesus says, pray, pray that uh, that the person would experience God's blessing and forgiveness in uh, that life uh, that, that hurts you. Charles Lyons is the pastor of Armitage Baptist Church in Chicago. And he talks about how violent gangs were ruling his urban neighborhood. And they terrorized people as they walked to uh, church, harassed people whenever they were on the streets. And and the church discussed what to do. Uh, Some people said that they should hire their own police force. Uh, Some suggested that uh, they get rid of their gangs by hiring bigger gangs uh, to get rid of them. The church rejected these ideas and they decided on a strategy to retaliate with kindness. Uh, The people of Armitage organized prayer patrols. Uh, They drove through their neighborhood and would pray for gang members as they saw them. They parked the car and prayed for people, uh, the gang people that they saw in their neighborhood. Then they got out of their car. They walked up to those gang members and they said, we're the prayer patrol. Uh, Can we pray for you? Uh, Do you have anything that we could pray about in your life? Uh, Oh, you have a family member that's sick? Let's pray. Your brother is in jail let's pray and so this prayer patrol would put their hands on the shoulders of these gang members and pray and uh... Those gang members got to know and respect and even seek out uh, the prayer patrol. And in the process, the lives of these gang members were transformed and they gave up their violence and they got jobs and started families and they repented. And the neighborhood uh, was transformed. And today those gangs have been replaced with people who are changed uh, by some believers who really believe Jesus that you can overcome evil with good. Now, you may not have a gang problem in your neighborhood, but there is probably someone in your life who makes your life difficult. There is someone who harasses you or creates problems for you in your life. Someone. uh, What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this person? You might try to argue with this person. You might try to fight back uh, with more uh, inner anger or hatred. If you do this, you're defeated by evil. God is calling you to a different kind of life. God is calling you to be an overcomer who resolves conflict where you can and then refuses to revenge where you can't. But above all, God calls you to overcome evil by doing good. Jesus calls you to retaliate with kindness, by forgiving, by blessing, by praying for your difficult people. You know, I hope that this... Uh, Next week is a great week for you. But maybe it won't be. Maybe this is going to be a hard week. Maybe you're going to get hurt. Maybe you're going to experience some kind of an attack. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's next week. Someday you're going to need to put this kind of information in practice. When you are attacked by evil, be careful. Be careful to handle it God's way. Resolve conflict. Refuse revenge and retaliate with kindness. And you'll be an overcomer who overcomes evil with good. Would you please stand now as we close? I'd like to give you just uh, uh, about 15 seconds to uh, maybe... Just make a plan. Uh, God probably has been speaking to you and maybe what that plan could be for you. Maybe it's making the arrangement to talk with someone. Maybe it's uh, uh, taking a step away from what you were planning to do in revenge. Or maybe it's making a step towards someone in kindness. Would you just listen to God and make a plan right now? Let me just remind you that we have some men and women up here ready to pray with you. If you'd like to bring up a a need, they'd love to put their hand on your shoulder and just pray with you. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us that when we were your enemies, you came to us to do better than resolving the conflict. You retaliated with immense kindness, even dying for us. And that changed everything in our lives, including the fact that we can now be overcomers who overcome evil with good. Lead us, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.